share a witness. But today, as I was praying through this Connect series, I said, I want to equip, encourage the body, try to give you some tools that you might begin to pray, if you're not already, about sharing, and that uh, you might feel a little more confident after today about the simple way that I'm going to do it. I've been trained in so many different styles of evangelism, some that I really cared for, some that I didn't, but at the end, that Christ would be exalted. That's all I really care about. And that some would choose to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So today, that's what we're going to be talking about is evangelism. And some of you are like, man, I love that. And you read through the scriptures and you, uh, you know how Andrew, he brought you know, Peter and you see different ones and the Samaritan woman. We'll look at John 4 in a minute. But just great stories of faith. And then over the old passage over in Kings talks about there, there was so, we're not doing right, that we, that we need to get out, we, we need to share. Uh, they'd basically gone into a camp, and, and they got all the plunder, and they took it for themselves. And then they realized, this isn't right, we, we should share. It's a great principle about if you have the treasure of Christ in your life, you don't want to sit on it. You want to express that, you want to share that. I promise you, the greatest evangelists are not the ones that fill arenas. They're the people that sit in pews and sit in chairs and churches that do life, just sharing their gospel witness. So that's kind of just kind of a long way to introduce what we're going to talk about, but maybe it'll encourage you. So having faith conversation, I'm going to kind of move through this first part rapid fire and you can get just kind of listening or maybe write down if one speaks to you. People invest time and energy in developing their career, don't they? Bodies, relationships. We know about that. We spend a lot of time, energy, money, investment, whatever. But so many times, we neglect the spiritual part of our life. Maybe we go to church on a regular basis. Maybe we read our Bible once a week, three times a week, every day. I don't know. But how do we actively pursue spiritual growth? And that's kind of a one you could just ask somebody, you know, kind of a, you, you, have you ever been in a conversation and you just wanted to spin it, but you were just a little nervous and you maybe you took a little spiritual spin and go, well, how do you grow spiritually? Just a good question. Secondly, uh, this is a good question to ask somebody. You're just sitting there, you're having lunch. It's, it's a friend. I think that's the best people to share with, people you have uh, chemistry with. And you ask them, hey, do you ever think about spiritual things? Now, when you say spiritual things today, that can lead into all kind of conversations. Do you know what I'm talking about? And some you're like, hmm, you're one of those. No, no don't say that out loud. Just really start praying. I say, man, I, I didn't know. You, you are spiritual, just not in the way I was hoping. Um, maybe you could ask this question. You know, we've been friends or we've worked together for a long time. And I've never asked you about your religious beliefs or your affiliations or your involvement in church. Of course, we have the classic when you live in Montgomery, Alabama, in the Bible Belt. What a, as soon as people move here, they ask them, do you? Come on. Do you? Do you go to church? Now, do you know Jesus? Are you growing spiritually? You go to church? And some people that move here, they're like, Man, y'all are a churchy community. And I just want you to look around here. Have y'all noticed we have a lot of churches? Since we started this one 21 years ago, oh my goodness, there's been an explosion out east of churches. And, and we were like the first contemporary church, and now there's an explosion of them. But, but I want to tell you something right now that I'm really burdened for. And I want you to have a quick prayer. There's a church right down the end of this road. This is Ryan Road. And it intersects with Vaughn. And there's a big Methodist church right here, St. James. And right across the street, there's an assembly of God. They're closing this morning. Today is their last service. We share the same bookkeeper. Our bookkeeper, she does our books, and then she runs down there and does those, and she'll do those no more. So can we pray for them today, for that people of faith, that God would place them. Father, I pray for Pastor Luke and 
that work of faith and all that you've done. And Lord, as they come to this end, God, we pray for grace and new beginnings. Lord, comfort that pastor and those sheep that are there. Meet their needs in Christ. Amen. You're saying, wow, you kind of took us up, now you took us down. But I'm just wondering, what about religious beliefs? Where are we? What are we thinking? Here, here's some questions. Hey, you're having a conversation, you spin it. Hey, could I just tell you how I have a personal relationship with Jesus? I remember I, this was like the first few years of my faith, man. I shared that with everybody. See, I knew very, very little of this book. I was hungering and thirsting for it. And I, I, would drive, I drove 50 miles every week for one Bible study just because I wanted to know God's Word. I hungered for it. But I, would, I was quick, man. I just wanted to share a personal life. Hey, tell me about your walk with Jesus. Tell me, do you have personal faith? Now, a lot of people, they'd freak out. and Some people would come to Christ, and some people are like, uh, I'm not very religious. I'm like, well, I don't want you to be religious. I said relationship. That's always a key word for me. Here's a, here's a question. Hey, what's your concept of God? Just ask somebody. You're having a conversation, and you just kind of thought, hey, I thought we'd be spiritual. And you don't say, I thought we'd be spiritual. You just go, hey, what's your concept of God? Sometimes it's so incredibly vague. And sometimes there's a reality and you go, wow, I, I didn't know. Here's one. Have, have you ever come to the point in your life where you felt directionless? You felt like you didn't know what to do? Well, yeah, man, I'm, I'm there now. It's a great thing. Here's one. Do you, uh, do, you, do you find that your faith plays a role in our work, in our play, in our school? How has faith made a difference? I mean, that's just a great question to ask people. I think about it a lot. Here's one. You know what? We have been friends for a long time. And I'm embarrassed to tell you, I've, I've never asked you. I've asked you every sports score for the last 20 years. We have taught weather. We've taught politics. And it wasn't edifying sometimes. But I've never asked you, do you know Christ? And maybe after today, somebody's going to go, you know what? Maybe I could start doing that. Because you see, I just believe that there's some winsome people in this room. Could you turn to the person next to you and say, you're winsome. Just turn to them. You're winsome. Somebody's going, what does winsome mean? Go look it up. Okay. It's a good word. <laughs> it's a contagious word. Uh, here's one. Oh, I believe in God. Everywhere I go, people, I believe in God. But I'm a preacher, so I go, what God do you believe in? What does that mean? And sometimes it has really weird dynamics and components as they answer that, but at least that's their understanding, and I'm not here to judge them. I'm just like, and then, and then I found I need to be interested in them. They're, they're of a different faith, a different persuasion, and, and you listen. But then you have an opportunity to say, but, but this is what I believe. And you begin to share the life-saving power of Jesus. Have you ever noticed when you say the name Jesus, that name is above every name? Would everybody agree? You know, when people say Buddha, Confucius, Baha'u'llah, whatever, everybody just goes, okay. But when you say Jesus, conversations, silence, some people get irritated, people get angry. It's a powerful name in the church. It's by the, we, we sing that there's power in whose name? Jesus' name. So we, anyway, these are just some things I thought I'd kind of start with just to kind of encourage you um, that somehow, God, would you make us supernatural witnesses to share in a natural way the message. Now, you, you see here, this has been bothering some of you, I already know. You don't know how excited I am about a flip chart. I mean, a flip chart just makes me happy. If you really want to see me happy, I would have brought a dry erase board here and all my small group went, 
help him, Jesus. It looks like my mind is explosion. And I write and we diagram and it is just so much fun, isn't it, Bob? Michelle and everybody else in here. But I'm going to write on a flip chart today because what I'm going to do is this is a napkin. You ever had one of these? You better. If you go with Pastor Keith to eat, I get a lot of these, Donna Donna. I'm messy. But you know what? I'm going to teach you today to share Jesus on a napkin. How many of you are going to use a napkin this week? Raise your hand. Mike, you ain't going to use one? You're just going to wipe it on your shirt? Okay. <laughs> All right, so Mike, you take your shirt off and it'll be like this, okay? You know, I love you. I just had to pick on you. He was looking at me. He's like, I'm taking it all in. I'm intuitive. Oh, this right here, this is the only gospel tool you need. It's not a track, but it'll become a track, and it'll become a little witness. But because this is so small, I thought I would do a flip chart. Can everybody see that? Well, don't worry about it, because look right there in the middle of your notes. We created a napkin for you. Isn't that awesome? You say, man, this, and somebody will be going to run 10 years from now going, I can't find that napkin. I can't find that napkin. It's okay. Um, conversational evangelism. It's not something that was dreamed up by people a few decades ago. It was initiated by Rabbi Jesus. He was big on it. I would tell you, if you have a copy of the Scriptures, turn to John 4. Gospel of John, chapter 4. Very familiar story if you're in Scriptures, ever been around the Bible very much. Jesus talks with a half-breed, a Samaritan woman, a woman that's got a past. A woman that people thought she didn't have dignity, she didn't have worth, and Jesus like, no, that's okay. So he goes through Samaria, which is a way that nobody would go, and he stops and he sits down. And this woman approaches him for a drink. She wants a drink of water. She's thirsty. She's come to the well. And so Jesus begins to have conversation with her. And I love what he does. He talks to her and he asks her to, to go and find her husband, and she replies, hey, I've got a string of broken relationships, and the one I'm with now, you know, he's not my husband, and so Jesus, so then she asks Jesus a question about the temple and tells her, you know, where, where, where can I worship this God? And you can worship this God anywhere. And Jesus talks to her and he gets, he gets her attention. You read the rest of that story in John 4 and she runs back to the village and she tells other people about Jesus. Because she's met this spiritual authority, this incredible man, God in the flesh, and changes her life and she goes back home and you can read gospel after gospel and it's always intrigued me as a believer how many times when people come to faith then you're like they went to synagogue they were on the circuit they became speakers in the house of god it's not what the bible says they went and they studied or jesus said go home go home and talk about jesus i remember when this became so real for me 1978 brand new believer in christ on fire for the Savior. Shared Christ with everybody I could. Couldn't help it. Didn't want to help it. This song we sing today is kind of interesting. We sing that set of fire. I mean, I had a fire. And I remember sharing with my family. And I remember that was, those were the hardest people to share with. And yet, I'd read the scriptures and Jesus would go home. Go home and share with them. Because I thought, man, they know me best. They know my faults. They know my fallacies. They know my mess-ups. My mom knows my attitude. Can anybody say a big amen? Not about me, about your attitude with your mama. Your attitude with your... Anybody ever had an attitude at home before? No, let's, let's get real personal. Anybody had an attitude this morning already? Possibly? Okay. Uh, counseling this afternoon. I, I got a couple of slots open if you need to come see me, okay? 
But, you know, they know us. And, and Jesus would instruct them to go home. And he instructs us to share. So I got to thinking about some things. So here it is. This is not in your notes. You just need to write it. But leave room on this napkin because we're going to fill that in. Okay, so, so I don't know where you're going to write it. Write it somewhere else. Here's just some stuff. I thought it was really good. Jesus started a conversation. So here's the point. Number one, start conversations with anyone. Nobody is off limits when it comes to sharing Jesus. And he shared with this woman because she had worth and she'd been made in his image. And uh, so he talks with her. And, uh, and I think about how many times we just have people that are friends. They're not friends. Maybe they're enemies. They're acquaintances. And we can just start a conversation. Uh, every person we meet is a potential conversation to share the gospel. And, and I'm going to talk about a point before just run out here talking to everybody because I think there's something that could help. Secondly, adjust your life patterns to make conversations possible. Like, you know, a lot of times we, uh, we you know, we, we don't have problems talking with people and we can, we can immediately start talking about the weather or we could talk about the president or the cabinet or we could talk about our favorite football team yesterday, their ineptness. Oh, excuse me, did I say that? Oh, or their greatness or, man, if, if, if you're a Florida fan this morning, you're probably just jumping up and down, aren't you? I mean, I came in last night, and this morning I saw a quick thing on Fox, and they showed it, and, and there it was. They got those a Hail Mary pass, and Florida wins. And I just thought about a former member that used to live here. He's probably really happy today. He's probably going to give extra money in the plate this morning. Then I've got a good friend, and he's a Tennessee grad. He happens to be the bishop for the Alabama West Florida, and he's a Tennessee fan. He's, he's probably ticked off this morning, you know? No, not really, because he didn't base his life on football. But uh, so you, you, adjust your, you adjust your patterns. Maybe, maybe there's somewhere God wants to send you. Maybe there's a different place, something you're going to join, a, a, maybe a, a health club or something, or you're going you're to start using a new restaurant. I, I got to tell you, Vicki, i tell you this. I, I, I remember when we planted Christ Community Church. Here's, here, here's how it happened. I was out talking to everybody I could because we're trying to draw a crowd. We're trying to grow a church. We're trying to make Jesus known. But my little girl was a cheerleader, and she was selling ads. And I said, I want to help you. She goes, that'd be great, Dad, because she's not big mouth like her dad. I walked in this restaurant on Atlanta Highway, sweet place, and had Sports Palace out front. Walked in, this lady came over, and her name was Vicki Miller. Y'all ever met her before? She's our kitchen director. <laughs> hey, this is a good story. And I walked in there, and I shared with her, and said, hey, you know, I'm selling ads and everything. She goes, oh, I'd love to do that. And then I thought, man, this lady's in. It's pretty easy, man. That's for the next step. Say, hey, uh, we started a church at AUM. I'd like for you to come. She goes, I'll come. I didn't know that she had a big family, and she had lots of friends. And, and this, is the, this is gospel truth. I can't make this up because this is too good. At AUM, I would, I would speak down here, and the floor elevated like this, and I felt like I was on the Oprah show or something. or you know, It was just cool. And all these people just kind of circled you. And you had these sections, okay? And you also had these little tables. It was a nursing school, and you would flip over, and you could put your Bible. When, you know, people actually used to bring their Bible. Huh, that's a slam. Okay. And, uh, and, and they would put it over. And, and I went to this section, and literally there was about 50 chairs in this one section. Vicky started off with 10. Then it went to 15. Then it went to 20, and I quit counting. It was just incredible. She was telling everybody. So I would go over to her restaurant. It became my favorite fishing hole. And we did. We, then we baptized a lot of Young women that worked in there that were waitresses. and It's just cool. So I've always been looking for a place to go fishing or a place to build a relationship. And sometimes you just got to change it up. Is this helping anybody in a, in a natural kind of, th the kind of thing? Sometimes you just got to do something different. You keep doing it the same old way. You keep getting the same old results. That's called insanity, I think. So today I'm just trying to recalibrate my heart. 
I'm thinking, God, I, I got to go to some new places. I, I can tell you story after story. People that have come to our church, and it's through where we started building relationships. And my wife, I think the relationship she builds in her office is a incredible woman of God right here that stood right here in this place this morning, April, April 2, AJ. She works with my wife, and she invited her here. And she goes, man, I think we'll come. Her husband just uh, passed out worship guides to you. Isn't that cool? It's just, you just build relationships. You just you, you, you do things. You, you be, uh, be available. Number three, you chat about everyday life. And some of you are like, man, i got no problem. I mean, Jesus was chatting about water here with this woman. That's kind of common, isn't it? And you chat about kind of common things, and then you can begin to spin the conversation. Fourth, you ask questions. It's always good to ask questions, but when you ask questions, you have to listen for the answer. That's my hard one. <laughs> I'm thinking the next question I want to ask. But it's amazing what people tell me and what they tell you if we'll just listen to them. And, and Jesus points beyond this religious heritage to the power of Christ. And then let me give you a, a, another one here. You just, you just share Jesus. You just share about who he is. You, you, maybe you just share your personal testimony. You know, the Bible talks about we should all be ready and prepared in season and out of season. I want you to look top of your worship guide. Circle that. You must worship Christ Jesus as the Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Now, this is, they maybe ask you, and in a gentle, honoring way, you begin to talk to them about Christ. But then sometimes you just go, you know, I just want to talk to you about the most important thing in my life. He's my jewel. He's my prize. He's my Savior. He's my Lord. He's my leader. He's my healer. He's my life. He's my king. He's a great God. And we just begin to, to share and, 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 and get those conversations flowing that way. And what I notice is when I read Scripture, Jesus tends to never have the same conversation twice. There's some similar principles, but it, they're, they're just fresh. And I think about that. So today, my, my whole goal for this thing was we talked about connect around here all the time. We want to connect, 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 connect with the Father through Jesus Christ our Lord. And we connect with each other. As I talked about community last weekend. And this is just a way to get connected with people eternally, and they get to connect and have their sins forgiven. I sent a text to Mark Bethay's dad because I was unable to go to the funeral because I was out of town. I was flown to Lexington. He sent me one back, and he says something to this effect. I miss Jenny terribly. But I know where she is and I know that she must be having wonderful conversations with her Savior I got a picture on my phone of David and Jenny Bethay because I just love them and it was a really good one that somebody posted the other day and I look at it and just the the endearing woman of faith that she was but you know what's great about it you know David knows man Dave he goes hey you know I'm gonna see her again that's the hope of Christ and the church said amen isn't it good? You know, this whole thing about sharing our faith, I'll just share this with you, and I'm going to get to this, I promise, is um, we, we link good works to evangelism. I, had a friend, I have a friend in California on the West Coast at Bayside Covenant. Ray's been here and spoken. He wrote the foreword on my book. He's been a friend for about 30-something years. And, 
And Ray coined a phrase, he even spoke about it here in a banquet to leadership one night, and I've loved it. He, he did it because they, their church was growing, but they still felt like they, they were missing some part of the gospel. They didn't know, so he was reading, uh, I believe, Acts 2, with a, or he was in a study with a group of pastors, and it kind of hit him that, hey, the early church did something that maybe we don't do sometimes. They practiced good deeds. And I'm not talking about maybe here social justice, but that's definitely a part of it. And he said they, they practiced good deeds. They did good. They, they sold their properties and their possessions, and they gave it to everyone who had need. And out of those good deeds, they generated goodwill to all the people. Man, there was great will. And that happened to open up a door to share the good news. So when we do good deeds, think about it, like those deeds that we did sending a truck to Houston, that gives us goodwill in the community and it ultimately opens the door for the good news. It works in our life too. Do good deeds to everyone. Give them, it might open the door for goodwill and eventually it leads to the gospel because good doesn't get us saved. Good doesn't meet God's requirement. But man, the good news does. And the good news is the person of Christ. The good news leading opportunities here. Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Pray to send workers to the harvest. You know what I'm hoping this morning? That God's going to prepare us for a harvest of something really great that he wants to do in our midst, in our city, in our community, in our world. And I know every one of you, if you have Christ, or you'll receive Christ today, man, you've got a treasure. And you have unique personality and gifts, and you have conversations with people nobody else in this room has, and you have relationship, equity with somebody else. And it might be that you're going to be the bridge of the gospel. But a lot of times we burn the bridges, and we don't want to burn bridges. I remember when my dad taught me that principle years ago. Son, there's a lot of things I can teach you. But don't burn bridges. It's not smart. <laughs> Pretty good advice, wasn't it? So we build bridges for the Savior. You know, looking into the valley, looking to the masses and saying, Jesus, you said there's a harvest out there. But the workers are not very many. So I pray this morning by the Spirit of Christ that he'll raise up some workers, some new workers today to serve here, of course, to go outside the walls of this church and they, we see a harvest of souls. We, when we built this building, are you ready? This building you sit in right now. We were at AUM. Hundreds of people coming. People coming to Christ every single weekend. Am I not right? Incredible. And I coined a phrase, building for the harvest. And people gave to that and that's how we built this building. And we believe that there would be a harvest of souls. And we've definitely seen a harvest. But it seems like as time has gone on, we've dwindled some. And the workers have become fewer. And the harvest has become less. And I read the scripture again this week, and I got renewed hope. And the Lord says, the harvest is what? Plentiful. Great. I'm like, Lord, that's, hook, hook me to that wagon. Hook our church to that wagon. The church said, we move people toward Christ together. We point them. That, you know, that's what I love about this story is that Jesus, you know, he was pointing this woman. And we can point. Here's just a quick thing, and I'm going to get in this napkin. It's real simple, and you'll see it. 
We just need to say it. We just need to say our verbal witness and share it with others. We need to pray it. We need to pray our witness. We need to pray about our witness for Christ. And then we need to, as I'm going to share with you, we need to share our witness. And I'll give you a simple one today. I, I see people, uh, oh, there he is, little man, you got it on. Stand up, stand up for me. Will you sure it on? Look, look at that shirt right there. See that right there? That's, what is that? That's the Four Things t-shirt. See, he wears that. There, very, you, you look nice. Yeah. You, okay. He's, <laughs> and uh, he, he's wearing it. And we wear Christian t-shirts and we wear bumpers. Well, you shouldn't wear a bumper sticker. I guess you could put it on your car. But, but we wear stuff. And we're even possibly going to do a shirt this fall. And that's just one way. But it's really the weakest way. But it's a good way. And it, what I like about Christian t-shirts, people ask me, man, what does that mean? Oh, I like that. What is that? What, what, what? You know, and they just ask you stuff. And you go, hey, but there's something behind this. I want to tell you more. So anyway, just a, just a thought. You, you know what it is. And the whole thing, I'm just trying to throw out a lure. Any of y'all fish? You ever fish? You ever caught nothing? Not very fun, is it? What do you do? You go back to the tackle box. Chuck, don't you go back to the tackle box? And you get what? Get a new jig, get a new lure. Man, and you start, and see, Chuck used to be a serious bass fisherman. And, and you catch. Now, if you go with me, you cast, and you don't catch nothing, you go home. It wasn't funny. It's miserable. Although a couple years ago, my wife will testify that I'm telling the truth. I've got a good friend. He's a coach at St. James, Coach Jimmy Perry. Serious bass fisherman. Nice bass boat, lives on the lake, rods and reels galore. I got no clue what I'm doing. He says, get here early. So I drive up to his lake place. I get there. And we go out fishing. Man, we're flying across the lake at mock speed. We're going to catch him. And, and I get his rod, and I mess the first one up, you know. Praise God that he loves me. And I was there when he had his kidney transplant, so he couldn't say anything bad to me. But he's thinking, I got an idiot with me, you know. Then I think I halfway mess up the second one. And then, are you ready? And this guy wins tournaments. Then your pastor has no clue what he's doing, but I finally get it to cast. I catch the first bass of the day. And he's just looking at me like, you got God's favor, man. You got no clue. Then I messed up two more rods. You know, it just occurred to me, he's never invited me back fishing. But the whole principle was, man, we went fishing. And he was teaching me about lures and all this stuff because I got no clue. But I do know about spiritual fishing, and I'm trying to teach you about spiritual fishing. Doesn't that help you? See, y'all just like that so much. Like, our pastor's a zero. He can't fish. And, you know, I fished. I've caught a little bit. I'm just not very good at it, you know. But uh, anyway, but I want, us, I, want, I want us to spiritually fish. You see, here's the thing. A lot of times we just hear, well, let's just, man, are, are, are you going to go to heaven? Well, ah, man, brother, I sure hope so. Well, how do you think you'll get into heaven? Good. I'm going to be good. I'm a southern boy. I'm just going to be good. I just ain't going to cuss on Saturdays. I'm being good. Help him, Jesus. Hey, how are you going to get to heaven? Go see if I can be good enough. My good will outweigh my bad. And God will say, welcome in. It's not true. It's the farthest thing from the truth of the gospel. Our goodness is as filthy rags to Jesus. That's why he came to die and give his life that we could be forgiven. I want you to see this quote right here. Good people don't go to heaven. Who goes to heaven? Forgiven people. Write it down in your notes. Man, that's a great line. You've probably heard it before. Maybe you never have. But forgiven people, people that place their trust in Christ, those that abide in Christ, those that follow Jesus, they go to heaven. That's why when my friend David Bethesda said, Jenny is in the presence of the king. We went, amen. 
with confidence, with joy, those that walk with him shall reign and live forever. So I put up the napkin. We're talking about, there's one verse today I want you to know. And I've shared principles, and we talked about John 4, but I want you to look at this one verse. And here it is right here, Romans 6, 23. And a lot of us know it. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is what? Let's say it real loud. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So what I'm asking you to do, I've already, see, I already filled it out for you. You're like, Pastor, that was really, man, thanks for doing that because my penmanship's not so good. And I know some of you are going to sit there the whole time and look at me like, I got it, brother. I got it. No, you ain't got it. Write it, okay? But here's what I want to do this morning. Man, I'm fixing to have fun because I brought some toys today. I got markers. You that are in small group with me, three colors. This is a good day in the house of Jesus, okay? I'm having too much fun, man. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. All right, here's what I want you to do. On your, don't look at me, look at your box. I want you to, I want you to put it on your napkin. That's right, on your napkin there. I want you to, I want you to square this box, this right in here, wages. For the wages. I want you to square that off. You're sitting there, you, you've just written this verse out on a, on a napkin. You can memorize this verse. If not, just take some pre. I just see you going to, to the restaurant and you put your napkin already with the verse on it, okay? I don't advise that, but you could. So here, the wages. You don't, you, you know, what, what you work for. Uh, and, you know, like, uh, you know, you, you go to a job, you want to get wages, but it says the wages, the wages have what? Let's, let's square off this word sin. For the wages of sin. What's sin? It's missing the marks, missing the holiness of God. It's going a different way. Uh, you, know, you know what I found out about sin? Sin don't let you go. The, the old illustration, the, the hawk, he's, he's over flying over and he, and he sees this fish. And man, he dives down and he, he lurches on that thing. And he latches on to that fish. And somehow he, he, he can't seem to let go. And he's trying to pull up and it won't go. And that thing's pulling. And it just takes him over the side. He takes him to his death. And that's what sin does. Sin is gnarly. Sin is nasty. Sin leads to death. And the church said it does. So you see, here it is. For the wages of sin is, let's draw a box around this. It's just death. Separation from God is what? Death forever. Eternal damnation. Eternal death. You're like, are you Baptist? I could be today, okay? All right. I just love Jesus. I love the Baptist church. So yeah, let's keep going. Here you go. So sin. So death. It leads to physical death, emotional death, spiritual death. But I want you to see this, but that is a huge word. It's a connector, but, but something's coming. Aren't you glad? Hey, you know what? People come to me. Hey, pastor, pastor, we think you are so great. However, or they say this word, but, but, and that's all I hear. But what? Here it comes. But we think you're, and they tell me, and I walk home going, well, they patted me on the back, and then they put a knife in my back because they said, but. You think about it, in your own life, how many times do you tell somebody, and you tell them all these good things? You are so wonderful. You are so good. But, but, I'm glad this but made it, okay? Not B-U-T-T. -T. Okay, here you go. But the what? The free gift. Box that one in. Man, this, this is a grace gift. It's a free gift of God. Man, it's grace that he gives to us. Man, I, I love that. You know, I thought about what's the best gift you've ever received? Well, if you're a Christian, it's Jesus Christ. But let's think about it for a minute. Let's just think it in kind of natural terms. What's the best gift you've ever received? And you're sitting there thinking about it for a minute going, 
Man, that was a good gift. I remember one. My wife surprised me one time. Because, man, we had it really, 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 really tight when the girls were little. I mean, we were talking about, man, hey, payday's coming. We've been out of money for days. But somehow we'd sold a house or something. We're moving to the next house. And somehow she figured this thing out. And she bought this stereo for me. And I came home. And we had this stereo. And we've always been kind of this debt-free people. So we're kind of freaks about, like, man, did you charge it? Well, we don't charge. She goes, no, I've been, I've been earning money. I've been doing this. And I've been trying to squirrel it away. But I wanted you to have this stereo. I'm like, man, I mean, it was, it was, and I didn't go, no, I can't take it. That Ankyo with JVC and all that, dude, I was like, man, listening to it, you know, running around the house. And it was awesome. Love that gift. Then 25th wedding anniversary. Y'all know pastor likes watches. She gave me a watch for our 25th wedding anniversary. I wear it a lot. It's a Seiko. It's kind of cool. Got an orange face. So we've been married 38 years. At 36 years. She gave me a watch. I wear this one all the time. You know what? Because it's a gift. I, I received that gift. And, and this is just a fleshly thing. Here's what I'm trying to say. This is the gift of the Father. This is the eternal gift of God, His Son. This is a gift of forgiveness of sins. And what does it say? The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of, let's, let's just go ahead and do it here, of God, it comes from the Father. But this is the one I get excited about. Let's box this. Eternal life. Man, I get eternal life as a gift from him if I'm willing to repent and receive the gift. I'm like, God, this is good. Through who? Let's go ahead. Oh, wait a minute. Man. Yes, it is Christ. It's not Chris. How did I do that? I like Chris, but he's not my Savior. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Thank you for seeing that. I just looked up there and went, this does not look good. All right. Christ Jesus, man, it's It's him. That's that relationship. This isn't this religious thing. This is a relationship with Christ himself. That he invades your life. He comes in. You get to know him. It's the opposite of death. It's the opposite of being separated from a holy God. It's eternal forever and ever and ever. Amen. I love that, God. I get eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Lord would just be master. But here, here's what I want you to do on your thing today. I want you to write these words. So you just got this written out for your friend. And then you write these words down this side. You can't see that. Let's do it in red. Wages. All right? Sin. Let's do another word. Death. You do that all that on the left side. And as I've been talking about it, you just begin to talk about those things. But here's the good news. That's that part of the equation. you got to solve the equation. you, you got to bring some hope. What do we find now? Now we got gift. we got the gift that is so critical that the Father gives us a gift. And the gift is what? From God. From above. And what is the gift? It's eternal life. Y'all see what I'm doing? I'm doing your napkin for you. Mike, write with me, buddy. All of you. Come on, write. Look at that. So, so we got our thing. And then let's just go ahead and do this. Let's make a cross right down the middle, right? There it is. That's that bridge. We've crossed from death to life in who? In Jesus, in, in the Savior. So here's what I put at the top of the grid. I put Christ, not Chris, Jesus. That's what I get, man. And that right there you're saying, I could use that verse, you can use that verse and can lead somebody to personal faith in Jesus this week. 
Just, just knowing that, you're like, man, that's all? I mean, we could go the Romans Road. I could take you through the Gospel of John. I've got so many models. Blake's got a zillion models. Blake traveled with an evangelist for several years. I mean, we can share lots of things. But this is just a simple, personal way of sharing your testimony and getting to the good news of Christ. And the church said a big... Isn't this simple? How many of you will maybe begin to pray and hopefully be courageous this month? Well, this month's almost over, so I'll give you into next month. Over the next 30 days, how many of you would entertain maybe sharing this napkin with somebody? Would you just raise your hand? Praise God. I'm surrounded by evangelists. And some of you are going to be really good at it. And some of you are going to stink, but that's okay. It's not you. It's not your words. It's the power of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for those who believe First for the who? The Jew and then for the Gentile. But I'm not ashamed. That, that's what I'm hoping today, that everybody's going, you know what? I'm not ashamed of Jesus. And I'm not ashamed of sharing the good news of, of the gospel. And I'm just going to share him. Guys, I, man, I'm sitting there looking like, man, I've got so much more to share with you. And I, I want to share for another hour. And somebody's like, please don't. Well, I can share a lot more verses and maybe another day. But I want you to write down a verse. I, I just, I'm going to have to fast forward because time's up and the kids are not going to like me. Okay. Let, let me do this first because y'all think, oh my goodness, do you know how much outline I've got left? Oh my, what happened, Blake? Golly. I knew, man, when I got in this evangelistic thing, I was going to get excited, but this is pitiful. I guess we could come back and I could finish it. What? Why don't we do that, man? Wow. Let me just give you three words. Write these three in the yellow box, and then we'll save the other. First is the problem with man. The problem. These are all P's. Preachers love P's, by the way. The problem with man. What's the problem? Sin. The second box is the provision for man. The provision is Christ Jesus himself. And the third P in that box is the promise to man. And the promise is eternal life from a good, good Father that loves you and loves me. We'll come back to the rest of this because I, I just, man, I, I don't want to cheapen it. And, all right, here, here's what I want us to do. The great evangelist D.L. Moody said this one time. He was a powerful, powerful witness. He goes, no one should ever talk about hell to a non-believer without it having a tear in their eye. And my prayer is that God would make us compassionate, loving witnesses of him. And then we would begin to share the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit. And we would do it with much love and with much non-judgmental attitude. And maybe even with a tear. See, I talk to a lot of people and when people get moved, they start to leak. Their face shows that tears come out. There's really nothing more powerful than a gospel witness for somebody that's really broken for you. They're concerned for you. They're not saying, hey, you're going to hell. Well, you are going to hell without Christ. But they're not saying that. With deep empathy, they're concerned for your eternal soul and for your life. And they want you to know Jesus. And if a tear comes, man, it's powerful. So this morning, as we've met, I, just, I want to close with this right here. I think, I think this is so appropriate on a day like this. Would you all bow your heads with me? Would you just bow your heads? I think, I, think, I think this could really be helpful today. To have life's most important relationship 
is to go through this chart that I've taught you today. There's a relationship that uh, we're all created to have, but we've missed it. And uh, we were made by him, by God, for him. And there's this relationship that I keep talking about that we don't have because we've tried to run our own life. We've bought into this sin. We've let sin own us. But, but there's a relationship that we can have with the Father that Christ wants us to have. And the Scripture says that Christ died that He could bring us to God. And this morning, maybe in this place, this is a relationship that you and I have to choose. We can reject the Savior or we can choose to receive Him. We can choose to believe this gospel of grace. We can choose to turn from our sins and believe that we can be forgiven. Now, listen to me carefully. You've got your heads bowed. This is called repentance. It's just a biblical word. It means to turn. I hear so many gospel presentations that never have repentance, and I think they kind of miss it. This morning, if there are people in this room that would be willing to turn, repent of sin, and turn to Christ, look to Christ, trust in Jesus and Him only, and receive Him, they can have eternal life right now. It's the promise of the Father. So I'm going to lead us in a prayer. I think today there could be people in this room that want to make a commitment of faith. Lord Jesus, thank you for bringing me to this service. And I hear and I understand. I want to turn this morning from my sinful way, from my wicked way, from my vile way. And I want to look to you, Jesus. And I ask you to forgive my sin right now. Forgive my many sins. Come and invade my life right now, Lord Jesus. I put my trust in you. Cleanse me from sin. And make me fit for heaven by your blood. I receive you, Christ, as my Savior and Lord by faith. I give my heart to you. I want eternal life. Did anybody pray that prayer with heads bowed? Would people just raise their hands up in this room if anybody was willing to pray a prayer of faith this morning? Were you willing to? Amen. 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 Well, man, the Bible says if you're willing to pray that prayer of faith, you can receive Christ and have your sins forgiven. Now walk out and be his witness. Lord, we love you and we thank you for this assembly. You're an awesome God. We want to follow you all the days of our life. Make us true Christ followers. Amen. Isn't it awesome? Hey, it's pretty simple. You're like, man, that's kind of simplistic. But man, it's powerful because the power is in the gospel. Hey, uh, go out and see somebody at the counter. There's tickets. Y'all know that funny comedian that we have in here? Michael Jr. a lot? That's the guy Jeremy was talking about. It's a great date night, and it also supports a great ministry of evangelism. So we hope you'll uh, go out and get tickets today. It'd be fun for us to do that together. Enjoy your afternoon.